Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. How does the offer of free beer sound? Well, in isolation, I think that sounds pretty good, lads. Me too. Yes, please. My brain, who's turning down free beer? Well... (laughs) Well, all you need to do, you can go to www.beer52.com forward slash barmy and you get eight free beers. All you've got to do is pay your postage and packaging. It's like six quid or something. And then you get eight globally sourced, fresh as can be, craft beers and they send them straight to your door. I think that sounds pretty good. Amazing. I actually, um, I've jumped the gun a bit, lads, to to be completely truthful. My eight free beers arrived on Friday, and by Sunday, I only had two left, and it was the two I was putting off, but they turned out to be very nice. Um, I'll be honest, lads, I'm not a massive craft beer drinker. Now, I think I might be because there was a lot of variety, a lot of variant in strengths as well. I saved the 6.8% until the Sunday, but um, very, very enjoyable slurps and, and a very um, nice way to receive beers. Perfect. Don't isn't the from don't they send them from all different parts of the world? So there's like some from like the Alps, some from New Zealand, the USA, which I'll be honest, aren't, aren't sort of notorious for their amazing lager, but I'm I'm willing to give it a try. Ireland, Korea, Germany. It's from all around the world, Chris. So I think if you're really interested and you fancy a bit of beer to get you through self-isolation, go to beer52.com forward slash barmy. You get a free case of eight beers for five ninety five postage and packaging. That's beer52.com forward slash barmy. Free beer. Hello and welcome to the Shackles Are Off podcast. Yes, the show rolls on. And uh, lads, we've got some good news, haven't we? Jack Brooks, Chris Millard with me, James Gregg, here on the pod. This is episode number 18, I think, isn't it? 
We're flying through them, and uh, very apt because our next guest loves, loves golf. So he's walking up the 18th. This one, Matt James. It is a little bit. I hope the banter's a little bit better on this podcast than that. Cut to the chase. Let the listeners know what the good news is. Okay, the good news is is that drum roll, please, that we are number one in the podcast charts in the UK for cricket. Woohoo! Sound effect, sound effect, James. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll edit the sound effects in here. And I just want to say um, a big thanks to uh, everybody who's downloaded it. I, I can't believe it. Just just three Muppets talking on Zoom with um, good guests. Top of the charts. It's good, that, lads, isn't it? It's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. I've had some really good feedback from, from friends and people on social media or just messages saying... Yeah, great. Keep it up, basically, and suggesting people we could potentially get on. But, um, yeah, it's just great that we're actually providing relevant content and people are actually enjoying it. It's a bit weird, isn't it? It is. Greggy, we're not just number one in the UK, though, are we, for cricket? Not to brag or anything, but... No, we've also reached... And this is what we all started the podcast for, wasn't it? You know, a couple of years ago when we had you know a yeah. couple of chats about it. We said that the, the target was to become the number one cricket podcast in Norway. And we've successfully... Re- I mean, we jumped up nine places just last week to number one. So I would think that Henningberg, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, Torondo Flow are all sat in their little Norwegian hut just <laughs> listening to our podcast. Listen to us take the piss out of your hello. I know. Incredible. Manager sitting in his Norwegian hut listening to um, the shackles are off. Are we doing the reverse Vikings? We're going over there. We're going to do Norway. Well, then we'll take on like Denmark, Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the way through. <laughs> I think so. I just love the way that we found out that it was Norway and we're clearly absolutely nowhere in the other countries that you've just mentioned. So Scandinavia needs to be conquered properly, doesn't it? I love the fact that you called it the reverse Viking. (laughs) The reverse Viking is good, isn't it? (laughs) um, I'd love to hear from any of our Norwegian fans or anybody in Norway who is listening to this. Be yeah. fantastic. We haven't heard from the Mongolian yet, have we? No, we haven't. No, and it's only one Mongolian listener we have, but he has downloaded more than one episode. So whoever you are, a bit um, busy. He's a bit busy doing other stuff, to be honest. Yeah, probably. He or, he or a she? He or a she? You're right. Yes, it could be a she. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Bye. We'll move on to our guest. This has been absolute um, shambles of an intro. So much so that Jack Brooks has actually fallen over and off the screen. Um, <laughs> When you're in number one, you can only go one way, can't you, James? <laughs> I know, I know. Unbelievable. I think we'll give it our best go. But that next guest, we had old last time out. We had uh, Jack Russell as our last guest last time. We have uh, Zach Crawley this time round. Ken, he's only played four test matches. We were there, Chris, when he juggled that ball at Newlands, weren't we? Taking that catch off Ben Stokes' bowling to win that test match. What a moment that was. Um, I'm sure we'll be talking about that. And, yeah, we're looking forward to getting into it. Lads, anything else to add before we get into the pod? No, I think I'm done, mate. All right, let's crack on. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing what he's got to say. We've had a few of the other young lads on that were on the South Africa tour. I think it's great to hear from these guys that are just making it into the England setup. It's so interesting hearing their insight compared to the pros we've maybe spoken more to over the years. So looking forward to hearing what he's got to say. Okay. Yeah, he's a top lad. It'd be great to hear from him. Next episode then on the Shackles Are Off podcast. Stay listening. It is Zach Crawley.
you're a massive cricket badger though, mate, aren't you? So what have um, what have you been doing with yourself during this <laughs> this time? Because I've I've heard that you absolutely love it and adore it. So I bet you've been a bit of a loose end, haven't you? Anyone who plays cricket for a living who says they're not a badger is lying. So I'm happy to say, I'm happy to admit I'm a badger for sure. But um, no, it's pretty tough actually. You know, we'd be a few weeks into the season now, so it's a bit frustrating like that. But you know, I'm sure everyone's in the same boat, just doing a bit of fitness here and there, and um, catching up with family and friends who obviously haven't seen for quite a while with, um, over the winter and that. So um, it was quite nice for a couple of weeks. I'm, I'm officially fed up with it now, but. Um, but no, hopefully it won't be too much longer. I was going to say, so you, um, you've you not been on the county grind as long as Brooksy has, but you, you know, I, I mean, you, you made your first, was it your first class debut or your second team debut at 15? So you've been in and around like professional cricket a long time. Yeah, well, it was, um, I had, since like say 15, been to Kent stuff and, you know, it's gone pretty quickly to be honest. It feels like I've, um, I've only been in it for, couple of years but like you said it's been about seven now so um yeah hopefully a few more down the line hopefully i can play as long as brooksy zach how tall were you at 15. i was pretty tall at 15. when i was 14 i wasn't that tall i was about um i don't know under six foot and then i came back that summer and i was i was six five so i've been <laughs> pretty similar height to uh yeah. six five now then yeah i'm six six now so we're going another inch but yeah I was, I was playing so i was playing for the school then and i was the tallest in the side that's fifteen-year-old with, uh, with the eighteen-year-olds, yeah. So I was. Uh, you're, obviously, I um, you're obviously smart enough not to be a bowler. Well, I still ruined my bowling actually. But I was, I was, I was half. I was okay when I was fourteen. See, man. I grew, and everyone was like, "Oh, you're going to be a good bowler now." And I, I couldn't balance. I was like, I was like a giraffe on roller skates, bending <laughs> the damn leg by for five wide every ball. So um, no, I'm glad. I'm glad that happened. Now. I'm not sure I'll be a batsman for sure. Kent's a good county to play, hasn't there? Some good characters, friends of the podcast, friends of the Barmy Army, etc. Billings, Denley, they'll have helped you get your head round becoming an international cricketer as well, won't they? As, as well as sort of welcoming you through in, into the first team ranks at Kent. Yeah, absolutely. When I was first starting out, um, both those two, Sam and Joe, were pushing hard to um, to get in the England squad, and it just showed me what, what you know what it took to, to get there. I mean, they were proper players and still putting themselves through the paces to, to make that step up. So it kind of dawned on me like how much how much is required and how much more I needed to do. So it's good seeing that. Um, but like I say, some great blokes around. Obviously, Mitch Clayton. I don't know if you've, if you've had much to do with him. Great man. Unfortunately, he's gone to Sussex now. The enemy. But um, got a good party uh, trick, isn't he? Exactly. Yeah, he's got. He's, <laughs> yeah, we won't talk about that party trick. Um, but no, he's a great man. And uh, no, we got a great thing going at Kent. So um, hopefully, keep 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 it going. <laughs> I won't ask about that party trick. It sounds, no, like, sounds like it's not airable. <laughs> do you uh, yeah. so, so, do you get on with the lads then down at Kent? I mean, obviously you'll have grown up with most of them, but good good crack, good bants. You know, there's much much going on in Kent nightlife wise and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, we're a great um, bunch of lads at Kent. So I'm um, quite a young squad now. We've managed to get a few other players in from other counties who are um, quite young. So it's quite an energetic squad. But um, yeah, no, Canterbury's a good laugh. There's four unis in Canterbury actually. So um, so it's pretty good nightlife um, if you if if you want if you want it out there. So um, yeah, it's not the worst place to be for a, for a young cricketer for sure. Love good that. Away trip. It's a very good away trip. Does Darren <laughs> Stevens drag the average age up then for you? Yeah, I mean it's like unbelievable, isn't it? We we, we thought we, was, we were trying to guess what the average age was. Yeah, they were thinking like 24, 25, and Steve-O brings it up to about thirty four, I think. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
he's uh, he's an old he's a young young at heart i think old steve but he's uh, he's definitely an old soul well, I like having someone like him that's been there for so long and done done everything in the county level he's just been voted county player of the decade hasn't he or something along yeah. those lines so is that good to have as, as a bit of a role model Absolutely, yeah, and he's he's a great man to have around because obviously he's played so many games. He's such a cool head in in quite tight spots sometimes, um, which obviously being quite a young squad. Apart from that, it can be you know we we all get, get a bit carried away sometimes. So it's nice to have people like that around. And he's a, he's still a proper player. I mean, some of the spells he bowled this year, um, you know, one up at Headingley when he's bowling at Balance and uh, and live. And I mean, he bowled. He just had them in knots. I mean, they're two proper players, uh, and you know, he, he still, he still got, he still got all the skills he had when he was a youngster. So um, I think he's got a couple of years left in him, the old, the old boy. <laughs> he's a nightmare for county batters. Oh. Having played at a couple of different counties and the batters is just like, I can, I just really don't want to face this guy, especially, especially in April, May when the Duke's nipping around. Like people like Trez and Hildy last year was like. What are we going to do? What's our plan? Do we try and slog him? Do we sit on him? Like run at him? What do we do? <laughs> well, it's unbelievable. I'm led to believe that you live quite near the ground, mate. Is that right? Yeah, I live on the ground at Canterbury. Yeah, in one of the flats. Uh, live in the score box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I live in the score box. I try and change it a few times, but 100 extra <laughs> um, No, I uh, I live. Yeah, literally 10 second walk from the wow. Well, a minute walk from the change room. Did you live there then when you scored your first 100 then? Because that was at Canterbury, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I lived there. So it was... Um, so that's properly sure home ground, there. isn't it? That is like your actual home ground. <laughs> well, I read in a, a magazine once. I was into my football when I was younger and I loved um, Johan Cruyff, actually, um, which is quite an old name for some my age. But um, he used to live on the ground at Ajax. Um, so I <laughs> thought that was the coolest thing ever. So I always wanted to live on the ground wherever I played. <laughs> Um, so yeah, first chance I got, I was, yeah, get, get on the ground. They're just tell what what the England captain Joe Root did tell me. Um, actually, I was sort of sending him a few texts saying that we were having you on the podcast, and I asked him, I asked him a few things. I'll, I'll bring a few up later on, but he did say yeah. that you were the youngest forty year old he's he's ever met. So I'm not sure if that's a compliment or not. Do you get a bit of stick for that? Yeah, that's definitely not a compliment. The um, I think it's more based on my dress sense. Uh, that's the main thing. I dress like I'm going to golf the whole time, so um, that doesn't help the forty-year-old image. Um, but no, I, I've, 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 I, 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 things like that. Like I tell stories about old people, like Johan Cruyff, who's like in this played in the seventies and eighties. I mean, it's like, so I think mean, that's how I get the. I, like, I love old golfers as well, like Arnold Palmer and uh, Jack Nicholas and things like that. So it's um. I don't blame him. I, 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 it's embarrassing how old I am, actually, for a 22-year-old. I love it's it. It's ironic for because he's got the rig of a 40-year-old, is not he? <laughs> <laughs> a 40-year-old well, woman as well. <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres, he was talking about the other day on Radio 1, wasn't he? <laughs> Ellen quite... DeGeneres what a nickname that is. It's a good name. It's bang on as well, isn't it? On that, Zach, then, there's some good golf courses around near where you are, isn't there? There's St. George's, St. Paul's, Prince's. Do you get out there with, uh, with Rob Key much? Because I know he's into his golf and he's a Kent boy, isn't he? Yeah, no, he loves his golf. I play with Keys, he got a lot down at Prince's. Um, we, we've all got uh, memberships down there, actually, so that's perfect. And it's a shame the Open got called off this year, actually, because we would have been allowed in. Oh, really? So, um, so yeah, that would have been good. But, yeah, no, the golf course is um, brilliant. Golf's brilliant in Kent. Um, even back where I'm from, up near London, um, it's, uh, well, that's where I am now. I don't know why I'm pointing over there. <laughs> um, but, the yeah, the courses around there are brilliant as well. So, um, 
yes, it's perfect to uh, no excuses for getting the handicap down. Nice. How big, uh, how big influence has Casey been? Because obviously he's quite um, big on social media, banging you on, on about you a lot as if he's your dad. Um, <laughs> I take it you've got a pretty good relationship with him and you maybe go to him for advice or? Yeah, absolutely. No, he's been brilliant for me. I mean, even when, when I first came on to the staff, I didn't really know him very well, but it's, it happened um, pretty naturally, actually. And he's been great for my career. And if I'm ever feeling like slightly out of touch, I always go and have a hit for him with him and um, try and hit with him quite often, actually, during the season. Um, but I always call him up and talk to him about the game. He's got a brilliant cricket brain, as you would have seen on Sky. Yeah. Um, so it's great to talk to him about things like that. And he was the first one as well who got me to train like I should be like practice to prepare my game for uh, playing for England you know and I'd always practice you know who I was going to play the week after in, in county cricket or whatever and he would say you know you know you got to push yourself a bit more in, in the nets and that and you know ramp the bottom machine up to paces that you'd face in um, international cricket and things like that so he was um, he changed my thinking in that regard and no he's been he's been a massive help he's a funny man as well oh he's great <laughs> practice I'd love to play with him when I was young. I'd love. I played against him a lot, but I'd love to play with him. He would have. He would sledge you, wouldn't he? Uh, yeah. <laughs> he used to stand at mid on and sulk. Like if things weren't going well or his bowlers weren't by, he just sulk. But his hands in his pocket, and, like kick the ground. <laughs> Very entertaining bloke. Like if things had. To, if things weren't going his or Ken's way, he could be a nightmare for his own players probably. But. Um, oh. Yeah, he was very entertaining. Yeah, he came up with a few choice words now and again. But I was a lot younger back then, so. <laughs> Was that when you were batting or bowling, Brooksy? Uh, he never said anything when he was batting. I got him out quite a lot, actually. Did you? Dropping, dropping that in there. But um, I had a pretty good record personally against him. So um, I had a bit of fun with him on the field sometimes. But Have you two played against each other much? Uh, twice last year. I think it was the only time I played against Zach, I think. Yeah, that's right. Somerset. Never the played against Yorkshire. Um, nice. He played me with his piece both times. So <laughs> No chance. I couldn't lay down on you at uh, Canterbury. But to be fair, Lewis Gregory was unbelievable last year in both games. So, oh, I mean, we, we started calling him Sir Lewis in the Kent dressing room. He just absolutely <laughs> tears us up. <laughs> Sir Lewis. <That's... laughs> a couple of the lads call him Sir Lewis. <laughs> yeah, he, um, he had a hot trot of form last year. But you got, I think you got runs at Thornton first innings, didn't you? You got 30 40 in this low scoring game. Yeah, no, we were in a decent position there. And then you managed to get 40-odd and killed us off. Oh, wow, it can happen, can't it? Once, <laughs> once a year, I turn up. Look at Greg, he's devastated. <laughs> it's, just, it's just Brooksy talking about it. In fact, actually, both of these two, they love talking about how good they are at batting. And it's it's just unbelievable. It seems to happen every week we do the podcast. Uh, it's just funny, mate. It happens like once a year. It's nice to talk about, isn't it? You know, he's not getting called Sir Jack in your dressing room then, is he? Not yet, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a terrible... Somerset haven't got a great record against Kent by all, by all accounts. When I joined the club, they were like, we haven't beaten them in a T20 at Canterbury for about 12 years or something stupid. It was, yeah, it was 13 games on the trot at one point and then you beat us this year, first time. Oh, my word. Kent are definitely Somerset's bogey side, I think. Unbelievable. Um, magical influence, Brooks, it. It's not about that. I couldn't get in the Whitehall team, so it wasn't me. <laughs> Just in and around the dressing room, mate. <laughs> You've signed, um, you've signed uh, Tim Grunewald, don't you, one of our lads? Yeah, good signing for us, I think. He's a nice. very good bowler, isn't he? Nice guy as well, very nice guy. Yeah. It's a shame for him, actually, because I think he was doing certainly nicely, and then obviously this happened and um, it slowed everything down. But no, great man. Zach, as someone who's quite meticulous with training by all accounts, from what I read and hear, yourself, 
um, I imagine at the minute it's quite difficult for you, but tell us about um, what you did after South Africa before the Sri Lanka tour. Yeah, so well, I was, um, we went on a Lions tour to Australia uh, pretty much straight away. I had a week off and then went to Australia and um, I, I was in terrible nick actually out there. Um, really struggling. I didn't like, in South Africa, I felt in great nick towards the end and then in Australia I was terrible. But I managed to do a bit of work with um, with Jonathan Schrott actually, who was the batting coach out there and he was batting coach for Kent last year and I managed to um, put in a bit of good work with him actually and just getting my head in a better position it was, it was pretty simple stuff as it always is in the end it's always something simple you're not doing quite well and um managed to find a bit of form for, for Sri Lanka and um unfortunately that tour was obviously cut short right decision mind but um it was yeah it was, I felt, managed to get myself in half decent nick for once so um but you know at least uh, at least I found something on the way I put it in a, put it in the memory banks for later in the season how was that was it as a young cricketer is it like devastating when you're just feeling in good nick in the test side and then something like this happens it's just like chomping at the bit oh absolutely i mean even if i'd have been out well out of nick it would have been really frustrating to be uh to go home from a test tour i mean especially in sri lanka i love that yeah. the whole experience in sri lanka was brilliant the two weeks we were out there and um but yeah no it just makes you want it you want to makes you want it even more really because um you know to have a test you don't know how many test tours you're going to go on do you so hopefully you go on a lot but um you never know so it's, it's always frustrating but uh, like i say hopefully a few more to come well you did new zealand didn't you and then yeah. and then chris and i were both in south africa which was unbelievable we'll come on to that in a moment new zealand in the warm-up match you scored a ton didn't you so was that nice to actually have the kit on and the helmet and whatever and you know with the badge on and all that and then score runs that must settle the nerves straight away even though it's in a warm-up match and it's not on telly or anything and you know in, in, in yeah. essence it doesn't count for much but did that help no absolutely it helped i mean because you know i didn't have an amazing record um going being picked on that tour it was a bit of a surprise pick really i'm i'm the first one to admit that uh and so you know you're always a bit wary like oh do these these fellas think i'm i'm rubbish or um or, or so to, to score runs in the the first game was you know i, I showed that i could kind of play a little bit so like you say even though it, was, it didn't mean anything it definitely settled me down a little bit more and uh, made me feel a bit more comfortable around the group for sure quality and then South Africa I mean that was just unbelievable um, we've spoken about it with Bessie we've spoken about it with Dom Sibley as well now that Newlands test in particular so what, just talk to me about what that was like and playing in front of all the fans because you won't have been used to that many, well, certainly a crowd of that size and that noise before. I don't think many players in the game have. No, I mean, it was just crazy. I mean, like I've been, you've been to football matches and that and, and heard the noise like that, but that was that was louder than any football match I've been to and to be playing was just even even stranger. I mean, it was unbelievable. That last day, um, when, when, the, when the Barmy I was singing, it must have been for two hours on the trot. I mean, it was remarkable. <laughs> it was crazy. I mean, we're like, I was thinking to myself, surely, surely they can't keep going. It, it was, it just went on for hours, it seemed. And man, I'm, it was, it was a big part of how we got that win for sure. Because, you know, at lunch, I'd say it was, it was looking really fat, flat, wasn't it? Uh, on day five. And, you know, there wasn't a lot getting us through. We're thinking this is going to be a, a slog. Um, but, you know, how can you not get up for it when, you know, you've got 15,000 English cheering you on? I mean, it was it was crazy. It was it was the best game I've ever played in. Did you manage to get yourself fielding near the Barmy Army at any point? I can't really remember who was down. I know Don Best was sort of down in front of us for quite a he while. He was soaking it up, wasn't he? He was loving it. He <laughs> yeah. was waving. Oh, it was unbelievable. But um, I was at Deep Square on day four a couple of times when Jimmy was bowling and you were really loud then. Um, 
uh, Jimmy got uh, a wicket. Oh, no, sorry, that was the first innings. That was the first innings when Jimmy yeah. got a couple of wickets and you were singing um, the Jimmy song. And then, but day five, now I was on the other side, really. But that was even better though, because I could see it all. And yeah. then the, the burnt English on the on the on the hill. No <laughs> Greg, yeah. Greg's head. Yeah, my, my, my face, which is pink at the best of times anyway. Um, <laughs> very, very pink. Talk to us as, as, as well. Don't go into too much details. You'll find a little bit later on. But um, just talk to me about that moment when that catch comes sailing towards you and there's like the young lads in the slips and it was off Stokes' bowling, wasn't it? And he's fired up. And it was a really important moment, that, of the game. And you, you took this catch... That's all I'll say on that. But just talk to me about that moment when the ball's coming towards you. I can't imagine that. I, I just let it, you know, I'd let it hit me. And I think that's what Betsy said as well, Brooks, isn't it? He's been telling you about it. It was, um, it was crazy. It happened. It actually happened so quick that I can't remember the ball coming towards me, which is a real shame. I'd love to be able to remember that moment again. Um, but I can just remember the only thing I remember is straight after is uh, Joss and the uh, Sibbers jumping on me. And that's my resigned memory, just seeing Joss's face <laughs> right in front of me like that, just screaming. Um, and that's and that's pretty much all I can remember of it, actually. But it was crazy. I mean, it was an amazing feeling. So, so just to contribute, I mean, I, I didn't go any oh, 20, 29 runs in the game. But uh, to feel like, you know, I had a part in winning it was um, it was a great feeling. It was amazing. Awesome. So good as well. And so, like the, all your sort of young lads as well in the team with you just to share that with them must have been really cool as well because that was all kind yeah. of a new first experience for all of you absolutely well there's a line of us in the slips there um, and actually I stand it to Bessie and just as Stokes Sto- was about to bowl the ball and let it go and he was like I don't want to be here this is what Bessie, Bessie said something like that it was like <laughs> I've never gone slip before or something it was something like that and I, I said to him just concentrate or something like that and then the ball was coming and uh, he almost got the rebound in the end that would have been funny but um <laughs> It was hilarious in hindsight, looking back at it, thinking like Bessie just didn't want to be in there at the time. Um, but it was great seeing the line of us. As well, there was such a big gap between Newlands and then Port Elizabeth, wasn't there? There was like nine days or something from, from yeah. memory. What what was that like? Because we sort of asked this to most cricketers who come on. Obviously, when you're playing the county stuff, you're sort of going from place to place and it's all kind of packed in and... You know, you might have an evening out in, in a couple of the places where you're at, but you probably don't really get to see much of the country. Over in South Africa, you've got nine days to kill. What did you do? Did you fill it with anything exciting? Were you netting? Were you looking at waterfalls like Dom Sibley was doing? What what was it that you were doing? Sibley's looking at waterfalls. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's crazy, isn't he? No, the, um, we were, I actually went to Amarnas to, with, um, with Stuart Broad, Jim Town, Paul Conway to play a bit of golf. Um, so we went there for two nights. That was a great, a really nice trip, actually. The day after the test finished, we went straight out there, uh, played a bit of golf, and um, it was a really co- nice couple of days. I, I had the putting yips. I cost, uh, cost my partner dearly. I played terribly. But, um, oh, no. But uh, no, it was a good few days. Then we came out to Cape Town, and then you're pretty much into preparation for Port Elizabeth. So we had about three or four days off, which was nice. Like you say, you don't really get that, that kind of break in the, in the county season. So it was, um, it was nice to just just get away from the game and get away from that crazy five days in Cape Town almost and just get your head back to normal almost because it was a it was a pretty big high yeah. uh, which you've got to bring yourself down from. What's it like hearing your song for the first time as a as a cricketer obviously it's if you play international cricket some kind of players have it as well within certain groups but when you get your song that the Palmy Army give you I know that 
a certain Matt Goss <laughs> um, is the leader of the one for you, who you know from your, your Kemp days. So what was that like? Oh, no, it's brilliant. I mean, you, just, you never expect it. I mean, um, fair play to Gossie to, for coming up with it, but um, great man, Gossie. Um, <laughs> one of his final bits of work now. <laughs> but he's, uh, no, it's just crazy. The first time that I had it sung was in um, when, in Hamilton on debut, and, uh, and there was like 40 Barmy Army there, and they were just singing this song, and I didn't realise at first, and then suddenly you hear the main lyrics, and you're like, oh, my God, they're singing, singing about me. What, what is going on here? This is crazy. <laughs> Um, and then you let one through your legs the next ball because you're not concentrating or something like that. <laughs> but um, no, it's, you can't prepare yourself for anything like that. It's just like the weirdest feeling in the world when you get, when you get like hundreds of people singing that song. But um, yeah, fair play to Gossie. I know what was really cool. So at Port Elizabeth, people listening in the UK won't have, won't have seen this moment, but I, I remember sort of sitting there in the ground and it was just at the close of play and Supersport had brought you over and you were chatting to KP and Micaiah Antini. And yeah. there was this moment, I couldn't actually hear it. The, the TV didn't have any sound coming out of it, but I could just see KP sort of shadow batting and sort of almost giving you some advice. And you were kind of stood there. And it was like you were kind of interviewing him almost. They brought you over to do the media. And then he was kind of saying, oh, yeah, do this. I don't know what he was saying to you. And I don't expect you to say, but it just looked so cool. And you were just like, wow, KP's like talking me through my game here. That must have been a really cool moment. That was amazing. I, mean, I actually told the media guy England to get a photo actually while I was having that chat with him because obviously it was just crazy. Having me and Luke Peterson talking to me about how I played that day. It's like, why why are you doing this? You know, what, what is going on? And, um, but you no, know, it, was, it was awesome. Like, he was pretty complimentary of my game, which I wasn't, wasn't expecting because um, I, I blocked the hell out of it that day. But um, it was, uh, no, it was, it was, it was a brilliant moment. Like you say, I, I see, I've seen that photo actually. He took a photo at that point when he's like playing the shot. And it's just like me just like looking there like I'm his coach or something. It was mad. Yeah, there was, there was me and another lad from the Barmy Army and we were just sort of sitting there and I was going, have you seen this? And we kind of looked up and we, we couldn't even hear it. But we were just watching it. We thought that must be so cool. You know, you what two or three tests in and you've got KP stood there just talking through it. I thought that was absolutely awesome. What other kind of surreal things are there like that? You know, what when's like the kind of moment where you've been out on tour with the squad and you've kind of looked around and thought, okay, this is this is this is really weird. Have you ever have you had a moment like that, or have you always kind of felt comfortable in that environment? No, I have those moments all the time. It's always involving like one of the senior players that you've been watching on TV or something. And then before you know it, you've organised the game of cards with a couple of the other lads. And suddenly, you know, I don't know, I'm not, not going to name names, you know the names, but uh, like they'll just come and play cards with you. And you're just sitting, sitting there playing cards. And, like, I was watching you, I was getting up early in the morning to watch you on TV like last year. <laughs> like, and now suddenly I'm playing cards and like, it was, um, it's great though. I mean, that's why you play the game and that's why you, you try and strive to get to that level so you can have those cool experiences. But, um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, you get used to it after a little while, but no, it was, it's pretty cool. Love it. Mate, what's it like? Obviously, back to, a little bit back to KP, but you're, as we've already spoke about, you're six foot five, your Barmy Army song is taller than the floodlights. You don't see many really tall opening batsmen. So is it quite good to get advice off someone like KP, who is tall and who, who has batted at the top of the order? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I think that people actually in general are getting taller these days. So I think you're going to start seeing a lot more taller batsmen. I think that's, um, you know, it's quite normal now. Like you can look at Dom, he's pretty tall. And I think loads of people are over six foot now. So hopefully we'll start seeing um, 
that's becoming the norm. But the you know, it's it's always great to get advice off all those sorts of players. But you know, our oh, batting coach is Graham Forth, and what's he? He's not very tall at all. But I mean, you can you can always take advice of all these people and um, and and learn lots off them. So. Um, you know, it's, it's probably better that I do get advice off at all. Personally, you might understand me more, but um, but no, like I say, I'm, I'm, there's great voices out there from all heights. <laughs> okay, right. I'm I'm gonna sort of bring uh, Rooty back in here, even though he's not here. I was yeah. texting him earlier and saying, right, Zach Crawley, give me something, give me something, Skip. And he said that you were talking to Goffey about, and there was a story that you were telling him, something about you losing your watch or something. He wouldn't give me any more than that. And to be fair, I didn't want to know. I just thought, right, I'll see if it's airable off Zach and then, um, you know, you can tell us. So so uh, judging by the way that you're wriggling about, mate, I think you probably know exactly what he's referring to. Yeah, I know exactly what he said. It was a mad story, actually. I was in um, Antigua and um, we were playing. Uh, Mitch Clayton actually does card tricks. And we're all getting around him. He's doing these tricks, blah, blah, blah. We're on a pre-season tour. And uh, suddenly this bloke comes up in the in the hotel and says, look, I'm a magician. Do you mind if I start doing some tricks on you? And we're going, yeah, no no worries. He said, oh, can I have a volunteer? So I stand up. He starts doing a few tricks. Um, anyway, we have a good night and he walks off. I sit down after a couple of tricks and I realize he's, he's stolen my watch. And I'm like, there's no way this guy's just conned us. So I've, I've gone up to the front. He was staying in the hotel. I've gone up to the front desk and said, um, look, I think there's a um, there's a guy who's stolen my watch. Do you mind telling me what room it was? He told us his name and blah, blah, blah. So I went up to his room, knocked on the door, and uh, this guy opened up. And uh, I said to him, look, I think you've, you've got something that's mine. And he says, um, have a donut. And there was like 10 donuts on this table in his room just randomly sitting there. And uh, I said, I'm, no, I'm not hungry, thanks. I'll just I have my watch and I'll be on my way. He said, no, 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 have a donut. I picked up one of these donuts, bit into this donut, and what do you reckon was in there? Never your watch. <laughs> no, jam. <laughs> no way. <laughs> that, so do you reckon that was part of his act, or do you reckon if you'd not realised and, you know... <laughs> Being glued what are you talking about? I've just got you. It's a joke. Did you just not hear that, Greggy? You what? He said jam. <laughs> oh, right. I'm being thick, aren't I? <laughs> you stuffed him out of sight. You've done me up line and sinker. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, oh, God. That's outstanding. That I'm glad that you've done me there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I've absolutely done it. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Do you not hear him? No, I, I just I, I was I was so focused on the fact that this bloke had offered him a donut. I didn't quite <laughs> register the fact that he was jamming it. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> oh dear! So, oh god! I want to move on from that now. I wish I'd not bloody asked. Um, do you um, what's Goffy got to do with that story then did Goffy fall for oh, it the same way I, I did the same one and got him he said the same thing he said not your watch I went nah jam <laughs> oh dear well at least I'm in good did company have, with Goffy did you have a decent safari chat with Goffy as well oh that was hilarious it was hilarious we were that was in Port Elizabeth and um we were, it was the, what, 12th of January when we were playing that game or 13th of January. And um, we were like, oh, yeah, no, I've been to, been to Safari last, uh, last um, couple of weeks ago. And he was like, oh, yeah, no, I go Safari every year. I'm King Safari, me. And he's going on about how he's been five times Safari that year already. 
Like it was January 12th, Goffield. <laughs> Five times already this year. Because <laughs> he has walked about with the misses and all that. He's a he's an he's an absolute character. What a legend Goffy is. Yeah, he's a beauty, mate. He's one of my heroes, that guy. He's a legend. He's just very funny, isn't he? He's just very... I can't believe that you've got me with that, by the way. I, I think I might just sit under the desk for the rest of the pod. Lads, do you want to carry on? Blame it on Zoom, mate. Just say you didn't hear it very well. That's yeah, right. that's what I'll say. Yeah, with the you art of it. You better not cut it out, Greg. You better I, not cut that out. I'm not cutting that out. No, it's it completely against the spirit of the podcast if I did that. Uh, Chris, you, you've got a little quiz, haven't you? Um, which we, we wow. usually do a quiz, Zach, just warning you. And it's... Um, I like it, personally. It's it's on you, and I think, Chris, this time you're asking the questions to me and Brooksy. Is that right? I am, yes. So the answers are to do with yourself, Zach, and you will, if, if you can take part in the quiz, can you confirm or deny the accusations? Okay. So the first one, true or false, lads, that Zach was on 99 against Guyana and controversially denied a century. Sounds, sounds quite realistic, Brooksy. Yeah, uh, it, wait. Something happened on one of those games when he got ninety nine. I'm pretty sure it's true. True. That it is true. Correct. Is it? Uh, was it against Guyana? It was against uh, Leeward Islands, actually. So no, it's not true. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> very sneaky, Miller. Very good. Very good, Chris. Can you tell us about that, Zach? Yeah. Well, it was um, Marlon Samuels was playing, and oh uh, yeah, I'd like to say I was on ninety nine. We needed four to win. Uh, with about eight overs left, and um, the they're having this long chat at the top of the mark. Like the game is done, like they get, we've won the game, we're two down, uh, or one down even. And they're having this long chat. I'm thinking, what is this about? Anyway, the bowler runs up first ball about two yards outside the wide line, wide ball. Same again next ball. Next, then I managed to like throw my bat at it and get a single. Sorry, I was on 98. That's right. I got managed to get a single. So now we need. Not uh, one to win, and I'm a 99. Sean Dixon's on on strike at the other end, and he hits this ball, blocks one back, trying to keep me on uh, on strike. And the guy at mid on or mid wicket let it for his legs for four, and um, and we won the game. And uh, 99 red. I take I took it at the time. I was more than happy with 99 red, but um, it took me a long. That's, That's crap from them, isn't it? What are they doing that for? Like it was a, it was a strange moment for sure. That is so oh, strange. Man, yeah. Marlon Samuels getting involved again. It wasn't the same fella who'd been sort of hiding you watching donuts, was it? <laughs> it was the same trip. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Oh, God. We need to move away from that. Uh, Chris, next question. Next question. In the winter of 2018-19, Zach played a season in, in Australia for Sydney and set a new league record. Yeah, we'll go true. Yeah, we'll go true. We'll back him. Zach? Yeah, that's true. Quality. Yeah, I may, uh, managed to edge my way to 100 or 42 balls uh, in the 2020 match. So um, yeah, I got away with it. And uh, no, I was uh, modest. <laughs> Steve Smith was actually playing that game because uh, he was uh, he was still on his band, so he was playing club cricket. Um, yeah, so he was playing. That was pretty cool. Really, that's that's, that's nice. nice. Yeah, yeah stuck into him. He got 80. Yeah, sledged him. <laughs> did you did you give him a bit of stick or not no chance unbelievable best player I've ever seen he's all right I've never been I'd have loved that that's great <laughs> I bet they actually I bet he actually did get a bit of stick though didn't he he didn't no I actually got loads of stick of them because we played them earlier in the season and I caught a ball the boundary with my foot on the rope and one of the bizarre things there was uh, someone just took a photo of the game at that point and 
as I was taking the catch and apparently my foot was on the rope on this photo and I didn't realise and I've like claimed the catch. So they absolutely slaughtered me that game. But um but no, no one's sledging Smith for sure. Aussie's giving you stick for cheating. It's a bit pocket, isn't it? I unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Quality good experience down there though, mate. And and you know, is it is it does it toughen you up a bit like they all say, all these old pros, they all say, Oh, it toughens you up if you go down there. Is that right? Oh, I'm not sure about toughens you up, but I mean, it's it's just a good experience for getting better at cricket. I mean, it probably does toughen you up. I mean, you know, they like the Aussies. They like they like to to have a word or two, uh, and you know, living on your own in in a foreign country, I suppose. But it's more just the fact that you're getting loads of cricket in, and you're playing. You don't lose that competitive edge, which you might do from having winter nets or something. You know, you're constantly playing um, at a high level, like you know, at full intensity. So um, I just, I think it's good for any young cricketer to, you know, just keep them sticking over. What's it like? Obviously, you've both, you've both done seasons in Australia and the standard is so good at club cricket there. How close is it to the county standard? Oh, it's not as good as it is. I first went over in 2004. I don't know how old you would have been then, Zach, but I was like 19, 20 back then. Oh, um, how old were you? Six. <laughs> um, it's, it's tough. Like It's not just the, um, the standard. It's like how much effort... And they see it as such a big deal. Obviously, they got amateur guys mixing with international cricketers, but the amateurs are taking it just as serious. Like they train twice a week, and their their weekends are geared towards playing grade cricket. Um, if you're English, you want to hide into nothing basically, no matter what you do. Um, I think as long as you go over there and a good bloke to your own teammates, you come back probably having a good winter. To be honest, you don't even have to get runs. But, um, but it's tough. It's really tough. I've done five <clears throat> five seasons in Perth over the years for the same team. Uh, I don't think the stand. I don't think the standards getting. I think the standard's dropping because a lot of players stop playing at a certain age now. Um, whereas you've got a few more older, better players back in the day. But it's still tough, though, just because of different wickets, different types of bowl. Like the ball's obviously harder to bowl with as a seam bowler, the Kookaburra. I don't yeah. know what you think. Like, obviously, batting against Kookaburra is probably quite easier than the Duke, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah, no, I 100% agree with everything you said there. Um, and you're definitely, for a batter, it's a lot easier playing in Australia and... Um, on those wickets but like you say they just take it so seriously out there I mean even the people playing fourth grade you know not a great standard at all but they, they turn up for training and they you know they they think they're three games away from playing first grade that's how they look at it like they just they take it everything just 100% out of their life so it's, it's good like that and you know it's, like I say it's much better than being in indoor nets and you get a lot more out of it on that on that sense yeah and better weather too yeah <laughs> All right, we'll go. We'll move on to um, question three now. This one is: I'm asking the, the lads, how many times did Zach juggle the ball whilst taking that catch? In he didn't juggle it. He punched it with his big David Seaman-esque hand, and then caught <laughs> it on the rebound. Didn't he? He's taking a sip of water as well. Look, Brooksy. <laughs> uh, I can't remember. I, I, you know what? From where we were, I've only seen it back a few about twenty times. I can't remember. Uh, I'll say five. Five? <laughs> yeah. Donuts with watches in. <laughs> <laughs> How many times was it? It was two. Well, if you can, or is that one? Is that one and then two? Or is that... I haven't really, I haven't done my research. I've just been <laughs> <asking> you. <laughs> you the top quality quiz by Chris Miller. <laughs> Go with two. Yeah, left hand, right and left hand. So yeah, two, I suppose. Right and left hand. It was so dramatic that, wasn't it? Oh my did you word! Panic? Did I panic? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's always, it's happened a few times where you pair it up and it's actually, um, the amount of times you miss it completely with the other one because you're like, you're a bit disorientated. So I was like, when it was coming down, I was, I was a bit scared that you've done all the hard work and then you drop that one. Um, but like I said earlier, it happened so quickly that luckily for me, I didn't have a lot of time to like think too much about it. It just kind of like, just a little bit of a blur. Yeah, Bessie has a good little chat about it when it was him, you and Sivers in there and Stokesy steaming in and also the crowd going nuts. He said, just imagine if a catch came. I don't think Bessie would have wanted it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no I don't, he, was, he was saying he'd much rather be at point. He was, I don't know who was at point, but he was asking if they wanted to swap, I think. But um, he's a very good builder himself, Bessie, as well. But um, yeah. he doesn't have much, um, much slip work. So he was... Uh, but he could have easily claimed that he could have just jumped across me, couldn't he, and then taken that catch. So um, I'm glad he didn't. Didn't have a catch either way. Zach, nicknames is something that we're quite big on on this podcast as well. So um, nicknames, I mean, if you've got a really cool one, tell us and we'll find out definitely afterwards if, you've, um, if, you, if you're lying to us and there's a secret one that's like, you know, really insulting. But I want, I want you to tell us if you, uh, what, what, you, what your nickname is, basically. Obviously, a lot of people call me uh, Creepy. Uh, that's the main one, right? Uh, England. Um, I get yeah, called. Not, not your name, though, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Just seedy bloke. No, the um, <laughs> so I get at Kent. I get called. Um, this is a weird one. So I get called Raja Jinga Malai at Kent. <laughs> what? Raja for short, yeah. Because it's my. That's why I order an Indian. We were in this Indian in in Taunton actually, when I was first starting out in the twos, and I was like fifteen. And it was the it was the, like they wouldn't have had anything in there that you normally have. They didn't even have like a chicken tikka masala, and there was me. And I just asked the bloke if I could have a Raj Jingamalai, and uh, and they just and that's it. Just stuck ever since then. At Kent, I got called Raj Jingamalai. So <laughs> <laughs> that is you like a Raj, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is such a good nickname. I love stuff like that. What's your yeah. what's your golf handicap, um, creepy? I play, I play a four. Dear, okay. Oh, proper, proper, player. proper golfer. And what's Keezy off? Because he gives it the big licks on social media. Well, Keezy doesn't have a handicap. I mean, you you, you play him, and if you play, I suppose he'd be off eight. I suppose, but right. he's not a member anywhere. Oh, he's a member of Princess, but he's never he's never put in a card. What? He even, like you never played in the tournament or anything. You have a handicap. You play the, like a weekly. And Absolute I don't like that. That means, you know, Kent Golf Day or whatever, he's going to turn up. Oh, I'm off 12. You know, he's that, that's exactly what he does. Unbelievable. No. Please tell me you saw that video he posted a couple of weeks ago. How good was that? <laughs> Unbelievable. 300,000 views. <laughs> See, my, my, my dad's not a massive cricket fan, but as you know, I'm quite into, I'm quite into my golf lads. And, and my, my dad, he sent it me. Have you seen this bloke? I went, it's Rob Key. You know, and my dad was going, oh, is it? I said, yeah. He sent me this, just thought he was some random bloke in his garden. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, um, Zach! It's, oh. Zach, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Really enjoyed talking to you. I hope you're not scratching around too much um, the next few weeks and months, because you know. Uh, but yeah, really appreciate you coming on and talking to us and uh, and shedding some light. And also, I'm not going to thank you for <laughs> for catching me out. <laughs> uh, no, thank you very much for having me. I really enjoyed it, actually. So, uh, no, thank you. No worries exactly. at all. Uh, see you on the circuit at some point in the summer, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Take it easy on me. Tough, tough, mate. <laughs> Cheers, pal. Cheers. Take care, mate. 
Sports Social Podcast Network.